Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 206 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He is Justin, the Professor Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, how was your weekend? It was all right. Yeah, no, I uh, did some cooking, marinated some steaks yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, made some pancakes and mm. bacon and eggs for breakfast today. Mm. So it was just a, it was a weekend of, of good food. Yeah, how was yours? Uh, it was, it was just I for me, dog. Um, I didn't have much on the go. I just, I, I did a lot of, uh, overtime, uh, no big deal. And, uh, just got some household shit done. There's sometimes you just need a weekend of nothing interesting happening. So you mm -hmm. can better appreciate the weekends where cool shit happens. So there you go. Yeah. Fair enough sounds boring but i don't know i started you know what i started watching do you remember the show like five or six years ago about the first woman to pitch in the major leagues it was called pitch and I it was about this uh, young woman it was fiction obviously but um not obviously because like it hasn't happened and the show is five years old but uh anyway um so there's this young woman uh, gets called up by the San Diego Padres to pitch, and uh, Zach Morris plays like a old, grizzled old catcher, mm -hmm. uh, and um, it's really weird also seeing that actor, uh, Mark Paul Gossler, uh, with a beard. It's really strange, but like I don't know, he was he was pretty good. Like I'm I'm only three episodes in, I think, and I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Nice. Um, it doesn't make any sense, though. Um, <laughs> everything is, like, extreme. Like, her first appearance, she throws 10 of the wildest pitches in Major League Baseball history. And then her manager comes out and she begs him to take her out of the game. So she, <laughs> she, throws, so she throws 10 balls, a.k.a. the Tyler... Clifford special and then just <laughs> and then just leaves a fucking game oh, wow. and then comes back and throws like six and two thirds of uh three run ball the next game and they start talking about how her era is 12 and i'm like how the fuck do you get the math out of that she threw 10 pitches two balls e even if she gave up two runs yeah i don't know i'm not be... i'm not getting into semantics of math on tv shows it was man. just like the it's math it was stupid <laughs> anyway it was almost like the stats they're just making random shit up it was like this doesn't make any sense i like i could i calculated all of her stats and i was like this is what are they talking about a 12 era who stupid. watches a tv show and does math patrick come on <laughs> i know <laughs> i couldn't help it though because i was like how accurate is this show but like it's the wildest dumbest uh, uh, like the baseball doesn't make any fucking sense and yeah. She is constantly bringing up the fact that her fastball tops out at 87. And I'm like, you're, you would, you could still be a good pitcher if your fastball tops at 87. You just have to paint the corners. Adam Simber's only throwing like 88. He looks shit bit right now. Like he just Dude, looks that, cooked. That was a, that was his first bad outing in like a month. I haven't looked it up, but. I was upset. You're so quick anyway. to turn on people as soon as they have one package. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. No, Simber, uh, let me check. I'll look while while we He's do our intro ERA, here. like, but... barely over three on the season. So. Adam Simber does? Yeah. Adam Simber's ER, I'm sorry to say, Adam Simber's ERA is 3.27, my friend. It was, it was 298 going into the game today, but bullpens, obviously, when you have one bad inning, it inflates pretty quickly. So That's true. He's actually only had two bad... Uh, starts this entire month yeah or, or not starts but appearances uh although opponents are hitting 303 against him and his whip is 1.44 here in the month of august so that's because of today <laughs> primarily i uh, yeah 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 you're right it's yeah you're right it's one bad performance this month i yeah. shouldn't poop on him you should not. um he just it was just frustrating to lose a game that we could easily could have won but we'll get into that when we recap everything uh, if you if you have Disney Plus, go check out uh, Pitch. It's absolutely ridiculous, and it almost has nothing to do with baseball. But it's I don't know. It's it's just cool to see the officially licensed teams like as a part of the show. And I already know kind of what happens. This is a six year old show, but 
the the main character her name is Janie baker she makes it to the all-star game she gives up a home run uh from salvador perez which is kind of funny i just thought that was kind of cool but anyway if you like what we do go ahead and check us out on twitter at bfmd podcast go ahead and dm or t- tweet us your questions we're on anchor apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts go ahead and find us on bfmdpodcast.com uh, leave us a review of five stars more or less and uh help us out we want to grow our audience so you know all ye faithful listeners go ahead and retweet our shit and maybe more people will listen to us who knows uh justin tell me about some of the cool news or do you want me to tell you no let's uh let's talk about albert pujols the machine the man is is happening he's at it again he's hit he's had multi-home run games twice in the past like four days or something now is he he's turning back the clock he's he's he knows the end is near so he's just started hitting bombs he actually in that game last night just missed the third one he hit a double or he hit a double off the wall Oh my God! Can you imagine? Yeah, is on the off the on the off the wall on the fly too. So he was like four feet away from another one. Um, Six hundred ninety-two now. He's only four behind Aroid, so I really Oof. hope he can pass him. And he needs eight more to hit the seven hundred, and he's probably got like maybe like a hundred plate appearances left in the last month and a half of the season, depending yeah. on how much they play I, him. He's not playing some, today, but I have some bad news about that. Looking at his ABs, um, he's up to 31 so far in August. Yeah. So with September plus like a week of October, and then I what I guess would amount to 10 days left in August. Yeah. Even if he played every single game, uh, it's if, not if looking If he played every good. single game and only got three at-bats a game, I'd still be 120. So. Yeah, but he would have to, and he's not yeah, playing th- every game. No, he's not. I mean, I think Arenado's DHing today. I was looking at, I was looking to see if he was playing, and he's not. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's not improbable. I mean, I, I hope he. I don't really care about seven hundred as much as I care. I hope he passes eight rod. So, yeah, of course, <laughs> it is worth noting though that uh, in the month of August so far, he has six home runs. 13 RBIs, uh, two walks to five strikeouts, and is hitting 452 uh, with a 514 OBP and a 1065 slugging percentage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very sustainable numbers for Albert Pujols. Yeah. Um, just absolutely tremendous. I think his OPS plus is like 145 this year or something. So, and they said that every year in his career that he's had an OPS plus of over 140, he's finished top 10 in MVP voting. Won't happen this year, but no, it won't. <laughs> he only has 197 at bats this season, which yeah. is very, very low. Yeah. But in the at bats that he has had, his OPS is 858. So, like, yeah, he's clearly he's hitting the ball, <laughs> contributing very positively. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's also uh, worth noting, just as a like side thing, I think we're down to our final five uh, starts from Adam Wainwright as well. I think there's yeah. o- there's only there'll be five to eight left for him as well. And uh, I don't know what's going on with Yachty. I know he's still injured, but I don't. He, he might be down to his. He might have already had his final at bat. Yeah, the good news for them is they're leading their division right now, so. Uh playoffs is potentially a thing for them i think they're like five games up on the brewers now so yeah um yeah so it could still be some more playoff outings for those guys as well uh it'd be cool to see pujols in final playoffs but anyway yeah, almost i almost want to root for that like i i'd like it if they made it to the world series and lost to toronto or like i mean if we yeah. don't win i'm rooting for st louis to win sure yeah Fair. Just to, for the boys to get their la- their that'd be you know, cool for them to go out on top, all three of them. Um, Shohei Otani, Patrick, he's been on a tear. Last yeah, twenty six games, he's twenty six or twenty nine for his last ninety seven with eight dingers, three triples, three doubles, fifteen walks, and an OPS over one thousand. He's also started four games in that time, averaging just under six innings per start, and uh, about seven and a half strikeouts per start as well, with an ERA mm-hmm. at two twenty eight. Um, Aaron Judge has slowed down notably this whole entire month as the Yankees have been not good. 
do you think the MVP race is tighter than people think it is? In my opinion, the MVP race is not tight, nor should it ever have been. It is still Shohei Otani's to lose. Uh, Aaron Judge made it close, but last time I checked, Otani is the only player in Major League Baseball right now that does it from both sides of the plate. And while he is, you know, a better than average hitter uh, overall for the season, he's a, a tremendous pitcher. Mm-hmm. And when you combine those two things together, there's literally nobody else in baseball who can do that. And nobody else in the last 100 years who's done it either. So yeah. I, I just, I don't, I get it. When the Yankees were at their absolute peak and they were what, 30 something games above 500, something everybody like just could not get enough of Aaron Judge. They just could not absorb enough of him it was Aaron Judge mania that's such such a stupid thing I don't know why he said that but everybody was just obsessed with Aaron Judge and then all of a sudden he cooled off and the Yankees look like shit and they're playing like shit I think Aaron Judge is out there soon too though for them so what's that I think Giancarlo Stanton's gonna be rehabbing soon yeah but yes that's true maybe he (laughs) helps to stop the plummet but I mean while they may have won one today, ultimately they lost the war against the Jays this weekend. Not a great weekend at all for if you're a New York Yankees fan. And lots of excellent memes came out of it, and we'll talk about all of them, all the stupid Aaron Boone slapping a table and Garrett Cole uh, whining in the dugout and then picking a fake fight with Alc Manoa. We're going to get to all that juicy shit when we uh, recap the series. But to me, it's... Otani is at least like three orders of magnitude above Judge right now after the cool-off. It might have been a little bit closer before, but just what we're seeing from Otani is unprecedented. The last guy to do it was Babe Ruth. I don't think there's anybody left on the planet alive when Babe Ruth did what he did. So nobody's ever seen this before. Yeah, we we talked about this last like last week before we recorded off mic. Uh... I, I hate that it's called the most valuable player at work. There's always going to be those people who say, well, if Otani was so valuable, his team wouldn't be so shitty. I, I truly wish they would just change it and go like the CFL route of just most outstanding because then Otani's going to win every year. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do agree with you. I think Otani should win it. I don't know that he does. I think uh, oh, if he man. keeps doing what he's doing, like, like the way he has this last 25 games or whatever it is, then it's going to be like a, I think it's going to be a very split decision. Um, the Yankees are the Yankees, right? They always get a lot of the media attention, blah, blah, blah. They're going to get lots of votes because of that. I don't know. I, I think that, that Otani should win, though. I think I'm with you there. I think, I think I'm just very, it's not like a bias because I actually like Aaron Judge. I just very strongly dislike the people who cheer for Aaron Judge. I think that's probably <laughs> the bigger issue. But that being said, um, I can't even think of anybody else who would even come remotely close to touching. This year. It's one or it's one or the other. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be Otani. I have, I can't even think about the NL right now. I guess who would in the NL? I don't know. Somebody on the Goldie. Braves. Goldie's having a great year. You know, yeah, I'll take it back, Goldie. Even though he he's a dumb dumb and isn't vaccinated uh, <laughs> i guess we don't have to get into that but yes otani yeah um down, we we did our little prospect feature at there last weekend and we talked about a couple of guys uh gabe marino and Arelvis martinez uh Arelvis, we kind of mentioned that he hadn't been taking a lot of walks and had been striking out a ton his wrc plus was actually below 100 he's since raised it up a little bit he's had a good week Hopefully that's a good sign of uh, that he's settling in more against left or against double A pitching. He did hit his 28th home run of the season this weekend, which yeah. set a new Fisher Cats single season record. Um, wow, that's amazing! Think obviously, of all the talent. Uh, he benefited uh, from spending the whole season there, um, yeah. whereas a lot of other guys who've probably who held that record may not have been there the whole season. And he's also much younger than any of those guys too. He's not even 21 years old yet, so. 
Um, definitely, like we talked about last weekend, uh, a ton of power in that bat. Um, would love to see him continue to do what he's done here and, and t- draw more walks and not strike out as much. So really have had a great week. So it's good for our Elvis. And then uh, Gabriel Moreno, he went uh, 12 for 21 this week with five runs scored, one RBI, but just one extra base hit. We're still uh, we're still waiting for that power stroke to return. I think that the broken hand that he suffered there last year, it's, I think it's, it's kind of like how Matt Chapman had the hip issues in 2020. And he, to- he said like this spring was like the first time he felt like he was back at full strength. That might just be one of those situations where it just takes a bit longer. Like Gripping the bat is obviously a pretty important part of hitting. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's just one thing that after another solid winter of um, of development and work, I think maybe Marino will start to show more power next year. Obviously, the the hit the batting average is there, so I mean, if oh he, yeah, yeah, if yeah, he, yeah, if, yeah. If he ends up being a high batting average guy, basically Alejandro Kirk without the power and a better defender too, uh, I'll I'll take it any any day of the week. So, what's yeah. interesting to me is. While he the the average is certainly there, his triple uh, A batting average right now is three twenty two for the year, which mm-hmm. is incredible. It's very good. And he even hit uh, two seventy six when he was up in the show. Yep. Uh, the OBP is fantastic at three eighty nine, and his OPS is still eight oh four, but the power is just non existent, and he's just not like for someone who's hitting that high. I. I don't know how he's been deployed in in the lineup in Buffalo at all, but you would you got to think like at some point like maybe he should just be your leadoff guy because he's not scoring a lot of runs either. If you look at his runs scored compared to what he's hitting and like the his percentage of getting on the base, he's he's not really getting driven home very often. He's not getting a chance to score as many runs. He kind of strikes me as like he's transforming into uh very very odd combination of great defensive catcher uh terrific contact hitter who probably will, won't hit very many home runs and that's kind of a weird combo do you think what what happens to moreno where he's kind of he's obviously like overqualified to be in triple a yeah i mean i think so i think the jays are leaving him down there because they're hoping for that power stroke to develop it's yeah. going to be a really interesting winter and and spring to see what the Jays do with their with their catching trio that they've got right now. Obviously, Jano hasn't really hit a lick recently, um, which is interesting because he started off the season so well, and then yeah. obviously a couple IL stints in there. It's kind of the typical Denny Jansen story where he shows so much promise, and I mean he'll probably do what he usually does and have a banner September. Um, so we'll see how that goes. We could use that. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that they're going to wait till the offseason to decide what to do with these with these catchers. I do think that it, it's a high likelihood that one of them may be traded. Um, it is a tough a tough situation because, I mean, if, if you trade one of them and then somebody else gets hurt early in the season, then you, you wish you had them still. But at the same time, you've got to find playing time for all three of these guys. And, and Marino can only be kept down in buffalo for so long he's yeah he's actually he was i think he still is number one on some people's lists but he's starting his prospect ranking also dipped yeah he's 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 tough he's number five in baseball i think um right now so according to pipeline but here okay here's the rub uh danny jansen is hitting 161 in his last 30 games for the year it's uh, 197, mm-hmm. 266 OBP. So even the walks really aren't there as much as you would expect. It's still OPS is still, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, OPS of 692. Bo could never. Like that's, it's I don't know. Like there's yeah. a lot. Like the home runs are that's terrific. They've dried but, up though. <laughs> but it yeah, it's completely dried up. He hasn't hit a home run uh in his last 15 games at least that i can see yeah and perky has been having a, a good stretch again so he's, yeah uh, he's warming I, back up i hate to say this because i fucking love danny jansen i almost think that we're getting to the point where as much as he is revered within our system you kirk can do the power hitting and moreno can do the contact yeah I, I mean i don't know i think i think you're probably correct uh if, if it had to happen today jano is probably the, the odd man out 
yeah the thing for him is that he's, he's got the experience in the bigs so that's why like obviously the decisions you can't trade anybody now because the deadline's passed but yeah the oh yeah it's going to be once the world series is over and that free agent market opens up i think we'll see some I think we'll see a move uh, this winter for hopefully they get some pitching in return or, or something. But teams are desperate. Yeah, teams there's... are very desperate for to get a catcher, and Danny Jansen yeah. would net you a not insignificant haul. Yeah, uh, and... if he were to be traded, I don't know what yeah. his contract is like. He could be included I'm... in uh, a larger deal as well too. So I can see that happening this winter. Yeah. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Danny Jansen has two more years of arbitration, free agent when he turns 30 in 2025. Yep. He's at the point now where he, you know, he would be a, a number one catcher on at least 25 teams. I don't think there's very many catchers who defensively are better, mm-hmm. certainly hitting, um, but given his experience and his, uh, the way, like, he's, here's another factor, too. The, all the pitchers that uh, are a part of his like his like battery are they're so comfortable with him and they pitch better when he's there yeah yeah that's very true um yeah i guess we'll see what happens but uh, let's get into the standings here obviously a lot has happened since we last talked like four days ago um the astros have been continuing to win they're uh, three and a half games ahead of New York for the best record in the American League right now. Yep. The Yankees with the win today over the Blue Jays were able to salvage one of the four games. Jays took three to four, thankfully. Uh, so they're they're still up by I think it's eight games now in the division uh, over the Blue Jays and the Rays. So that's uh not it's it was, I mean it's half of what it was a month ago. So see if the Yankees can continue to plummet and they're going to face Degrom and Scherzer their next two games. So good luck with that. Uh, (laughs) yeah the guardians continue to lead the central they are currently two games ahead of minnesota the twins are also losing today as we speak yeah um in the wild card the seattle mariners are the wild card one team right now um they're still playing today the jays and rays are tied at 65 and 55 for the second and third spots the rays currently hold the tiebreaker of the jays so they're in the second spot the twins before their game finishes are two games back so they'll fall to two and a half back the orioles are playing the red Sox tonight baltimore is three back boston is five and a half currently one of those two teams will gain ground on the blue jays obviously because the blue jays lost today but they'll still be at at uh, worst two and a half games behind uh, for baltimore and then the White Sox are sandwiched in the middle, three games over 500 right now, three and a half games back of the Blue Jays. So there's, it's it's a lot. Uh, I mean, last week there was like Baltimore was about a one and a half games back after the Blue Jays series. So it's it the gap has widened. Obviously, winning three in a row against the Yankees helps for the loss yep. today. It really helps us to stop the bleeding. Um, the only two teams in this wild card race who have a better record than six and four in their last ten games are Tampa and Seattle. They're both seven and three. Everyone else is either four and six, five and five, or six and four. So it's been pretty even. No, nobody's really gained a ton of ground. Yep, true. And if everything holds up today, not to say that it will or won't, Minnesota will lose. Seattle is down three to one. That's a tight game, though, going on against Oakland. Mm-hmm. Let's just say hypothetically they lose. That means there's a three-way, three-way tie. tie. For the AL wildcard, however, Toronto is subservient to both Seattle and Tampa Bay because they have been, uh, well, Seattle stomped them yep. uh, when they played them, and still Tampa Bay currently still. leads the season series while there are still like eleven games left, Some, I think, to play. Yeah, something ridiculous nine like that. Or eleven, something like that. Yeah, it's a lot of games. They have a five-game set against them coming up, and then they have another four-game set like a week later. Mm-hmm. It's lots, a lot of games. Lots of Those, rays coming up. <laughs> Those games are, are going to be the difference maker as far as uh, who gets into the playoffs. If you split them, then both teams might struggle. Mm-hmm. But one may stand, one may fall. We're going to be entering the Thunderdome, a.k.a. the Trop, yeah. <laughs> in September. So and it's going to be very interesting. Uh, still a lot of games against Baltimore left, too. So. Yeah, we're entering our final stretch of games against both the Yankees and the Red Sox. Um it's kind of interesting, though, with uh, 
with things uh, being the way that they are right now, all the games in uh, for Toronto in in September, the, the weight of them seems to have been magnified. That's what happens at the end of the year, and it's a tight race. Yeah. So they it's there is still like a considerable number of games left against all of the teams. I think there's four. There's four left against the Yankees, six left against the Red Sox, who we've absolutely pummeled this year. Yeah. Uh, ten against the Orioles, who were three and six against. Uh, four, uh, nine against the, the Rays, who were four and six. So we have a chance to close out the year uh, over 500 against all four of the teams. We haven't mathematically lost any of the series that's probably the like you said the way that it's designed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh there are no games left against the al central there are no games left uh against houston oakland seattle uh we have three left against the rangers three against the angels three against the Cubs, three against the pirates two against the phillies so there's it's september is going to be maximum uh you know acid reflux for everybody it's gonna be it's gonna be a real uh there's gonna be a lot of diarrhea a lot of people are gonna have the stress diarrheas i think uh in the american league speak for yourself (laughs) fair enough but i think it's worth noting too like we're uh, we're now seven and eight against the yankees there was a point in the season where uh yankees fans were just uproariously reminding us uh how poor the record was against them and now all of a sudden those fans have gone quiet uh now they're yelling, they're yelling at their own team now that's why yeah, not, yeah. The yankee fans are never quiet they're either yelling at you or just at their own team screaming from the rooftops yeah. uh for for cashman to be fired uh which is okay I guess, but it's not going to stop your team from being shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move for the National League. We cover that one enough. Um, the Dodgers still continue to be a juggernaut. They're 83 and 36 right now. Just Goddamn. outrageous. The yeah. Mets are having a great year until uh, I'm just waiting for the annual Mets collapse. Uh, they're 78 and 44 right now. It's coming. Leading, leading the East. They're like three game, three and a half up on Atlanta. Um, and then the Phillies are the Phillies, Atlanta and San Diego are all holding the wild card. We mentioned that the Cardinals are leading the central. Uh, the Brew crew are two games back of the Padres for the third wild card spot right now. It's looking like if the Brewers can't catch the Cardinals to win the division, it's likely that they won't make it, um, which yeah. is crazy because they're such a good team on, on the pitching side of things. And then San Francisco uh still they're the same record as boston they're 59 and 61 uh they're six and a half back of that third spot so the wild card race in the national league is not as exciting it's actually kind of funny to me that the the, the brewers uh, the brewers traded josh Hader to the padres and he's kind of been bad since then so the, like the whole like i you know like the whole double agent theory is just <laughs> cropping up online i love like, that i love when that happens it's like yeah they've They've actually closed some ground on the Padres since they traded Josh Hader to the Padres, but up, up, yeah. right up until today, when Andrew Benintendi hit the the home run, the two run home run that won the Yankees the game, the same shit was coming out of uh, Yankees yeah. fans too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, they they're they're funny. Um, so yeah, that's the National League. It's not as fun as the American League because there's really outside of the East with Atlanta and the Mets. There's and there's really no insanely close races right now i think it's more than five games so yay national league um yeah let's talk about this yankee series so we've already mentioned that yeah the jays won three to one they won the first three games of the series as i predicted in our last episode mitch white had a better performance than garrett cole so let's go um (laughs) the jays today like really didn't give manoa any help uh guriel needed one into oblivion chucked it away and he should just throw it to the cutoff man. It would have been first and third with two outs instead he threw it past Matt Chapman and a lot of run to score. Um, and then Bo Bichette pulled a Roger Dorn from the movie Major League and laid a ground ball and let it get past him instead of just trying to knock it down. And that yeah. allowed a run to score. So the two runs that Manoa gave up there were, I mean, yeah, they were they were hits, but Bo Bichette could have stopped his at least and kept on the infield and Guriel could have not 
thrown into oblivion. And then, of course, we talked about Adam Simber. He gave up a two-run shot to Benintendi, and that was the difference in the game. The Blue Jays, at one point, Patrick had the bases loaded with one out, and they were only able to oh, score yeah, one run, and it was on a walk. <laughs> JBJ and uh, Jackie Riley Jr. had a, a two-RBI double in Saturday's game and then an RBI walk in this game. I, I tweeted out it. that he's already got more of an offensive contribution than Bradley Zimmer did all year as a Blue Jay. <laughs> so, Ouch. Um, JBJ is definitely greater than Zimmer in terms of the ability to at least put the bat on the ball, which you love to see. I feel validated. <laughs> um, the really, the only really exciting part of this series came in today's game when Manoa uh, plunked Aaron Judge unintentionally. Judge yep. kind of had some words for Manoa, but he was walking into first base. And then, of course, uh, yesterday's little bitch, Garrett Cole, comes out of the dugout. Um, he had a hissy fit after he got shelled yesterday in the dugout, too. It was super funny. And he was yeah. like chirping at Manoa from like the top of the dugout stairs. He wouldn't come too close though, because of course Garrett Cole's a big bitch and, and Manoa's huge. Yeah. Um, Manoa said after the game, it was uh, reported by a bunch of people that uh, if Garrett Cole wants to talk to me next time, he should step out past the Audi sign. There's an Audi sponsorship uh, between the Yankees dugout and the first baseline. It's the logo for the the car. And Garrett Cole stayed on the opposite side of that. So he was nowhere near Manoa yeah. when he was tripping at him. So Manoa was a pretty too, funny guy. <laughs> uh, Manoa and Judge actually exchanged pleasantries. Yeah, they, Manoa apologized he, and said, like, yeah, like my yeah. bad, bro. <laughs> yeah, and Judge was like, yeah, no, I understand. Like, I'm not actually He wasn't actually mad. He was, of course, you're mad in the moment when you get hit. But yeah, then, yeah. But yeah. then, like, it subsides and you're like, yeah, he didn't mean to do that. Yeah, they exchanged niceties. They, I think they either tap gloves or some shit. Yeah, they, like they, little... they, they talked to each other for a minute and everybody walked away. So <laughs> Yeah, so Garakol was just being... It's funny, yeah. Yeah. It's the second time this year he's been lit up by the Blue Jays because Vladdy had that three-homer game against him in April or whenever that was. So Yeah, to quote another uh, famous New Yorker, you know the type, loud as a motorbike, who wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. <laughs> Boom! That's uh, Jay Z. Yeah, Jay Z. I think those are the lyrics, anyway. If Something not, like I just that. made I made that shit up. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I think that's what it is. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about the nine-two absolute fucking pounding. Yeah, that was fun. That was delivered on Friday. It was a great way to start the weekend after a really kind of disappointing run. Uh, against the Orioles, Barrios, quality start, just one earned run in six point two innings pitched, nine strikeouts, six hits. Um, there was a little bit of chatter. You probably, those of you who listen, probably saw some of the stuff. Uh, is it at Down to Black, Chris Black yeah. on Twitter was showing off a couple of different things that um, different mechanics. Yeah, so a change in mechanics for Barrios. He's been trying to tweak stuff all year to try to regain some of the advantage and, that he and had. And honestly, good on him for continuing to, to work at it, right? Obviously, he knew yeah. that he's not pitching well, so they've been trying stuff, and hopefully this is going to work a long yeah, time. Yeah, it, it impresses me to no end. It, he's not the only one. We've seen it also from uh, Kikuchi has tried. Um, Even Gosman changed a few things, too. Yeah, to I mean... Longer. There's been a lot of effort mm -hmm. uh, from the guys to take feedback and to try to make uh, changes. And Barrios finally was able to sort of get a quality start off of a really difficult lineup, even though it was uh, a lineup that did not feature Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, still, DJ LeMahieu had two hits, Rizzo had two hits. Uh, there. You know, the, the heavy hitters were there. Oh, Aaron Judge went 0 for 4 in that game. Uh, did get a, an RBI. I think it was off like a sack fly or something. I don't I don't remember. Uh, he was actually pretty friggin' quiet this entire series. Uh, while the Jays, on the other hand, got an explosion of offense. George Springer went 5 for 5. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Great game for Springer. Guerrero went 1 for 5, although he, he scored three times and also had three runs batted in as a result of uh, an absolute missile, a uh, no-doubter, uh, over the short porch in right It was field. a Yankee Stadium special. It was the only park it was a home run in was Yankee Stadium, according to StatCast. So. Yep. Kirky had uh, went 2 for 4 with two ribbies. Teoscar and Endes went 2 for 5 with two ribbies. 
there was just a lot of the 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 meat of the lineup the the you know the heavies the guys you expect to get hits uh got hits and yeah. got them where they mattered george springer went five for five and unfortunately i don't think he played another game the rest he of did the start he, he pinch hit today with a uh, another single but he, he fouled the ball off his knee yeah and i think his last at bat and it was it was sore obviously like that's a pretty important part for a guy who's got to run so yeah <laughs> at least we saw a pinch hit today and obviously hit had a first pitch single so hopefully he's able to get back in the lineup tomorrow um yeah that was a great way to start the series and then they obviously followed it up with a four nothing shutout kevin gosman was great he went seven innings of yep. four hit ball and he walked one and struck out seven and then romano and garcia combined for the last two innings uh didn't allow a single hit so that was a nice uh a nice little victory there. Teoscar had a, a two-run shot off of Jamison Tyon. That was the difference in the game, really. Um, obviously, it was 4 nothing, But, no, it was just a nice game. Kirky had three more hits in that one. Uh, I thought that one was pretty cut and dry. It was really satisfying for to see, like, Barrios and Gosman, kind of what was projected to be the top two starters on this team going into the year, really shut the Yankees down back-to-back nights. Yeah, and... Um... Jameson Tayon wasn't too bad either. No, he was uh, great. The only really mistake that he had was that, like, the, the big bomb. mistake was the Teoscar yeah. home run, of course. Uh, Araldis Chapman was the one that kind of uh, widened the hole in the ninth inning. Uh, yeah, he was yeah, only able to record sure, now yeah. while he was he gave up uh, two walks and a hit, scored a run. Could have been a lot worse. Uh, he's really had a terrible season. It's been a bad one for him. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him. Here do I. Um, Gossman's record improves to nine and nine. He's having a, a Jacob Degrom old two ninety nine ERA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like a Degrom numbers when the Mets were bad. Yeah, uh, way back when. But uh, Tan falls to eleven and four with a f- ERA of four. Yeah. Uh, that was a good matchup. It was very interesting. I wouldn't quite call it a chess match. No, um, it was, a, it was it pretty one-sided like, in that one because Gosman yeah, was good. <laughs> Gosman was, it felt like he was in control from the start. Yeah, he, he had left a, the game I, on 86 pitches. Yeah, too. I thought the the first couple innings he was kind of a little shaky, but then he then he got it dialed in with the fastball, and then after that he was just money. He had a few really quick Yeah, innings. Yeah. Um, Easy peasy. Saturday's game was the game that I predicted. Uh, I said that Mitch White was going to have a better start than Garrett Cole. Mitch White was uh, a magician in this game, Patrick. He only went four innings, but he uh, he scattered seven hits, struck out five, including striking out the side, I believe, in his last inning. No uh, walks. No walks either, which you love to see. Only giving up the one run. That was in the f- in the second inning. Uh, but he was able to get out of trouble, got a lot of ground balls. Uh, yeah, no, he, he got five ground balls and only one fly out. So that was nice to see. Uh, the Jays were four for six with runners in scoring position in that game, Patrick, and they got an insurance Clutch. run on a bomb from Matt Chapman to straightaway center in the ninth. Yep. Chappie in that game got rung up on two pitches that were way outside the strike zone. Yeah. And then he at least he was able to salvage a, a good I guess good, good performance with that bomb in the in the ninth there. Um Vladdy and Kirk were all over it again. Vladdy had a couple of hits. Kirky had one with uh, a nice uh, two run uh, double. Off of Garrett Cole. That was kind of the nail in Garrett Cole's coffin in the four-run fifth. Um, Cole himself only went six innings, Patrick. He gave up four or five hits, four earned runs, had two walks, and only struck out five. So wasn't a great performance from him. And then the Blue Jays, of course, like I said, were able to get that extra run on the ninth there. Jimmy Garcia got the save as Romano had pitched the previous two days. So it was nice to see the Blue Jays uh, manufacture a nice little uh, five innings of one run ball from the bullpen. Zach Pop gave up a, a, a solo shot um, to Oliver Torres eighth. in the bottom yeah. of the eighth when it was it was three to one out or it was four to one after before that. So it was uh, not a big issue there. But yeah, overall, I thought the that game was a pretty well pitched game for the Jays. Of course, let's talk about um, the back to back innings of of Simber and then Phelps. Yeah. Five out of six outs were strikeouts. They just absolutely, they were just a buzzsaw. They yeah, just Papa Phelps crushed the momentum. <laughs> Phelps hasn't had a bad outing since the Twins on August 6th. Since then, 
just back to his old old ways and Extra actually really yep. he's just had a, a very very good season and yeah. i can remember there was a a streak there in april and early may where it felt like he kept getting into trouble mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and they were losses against houston or games against houston rather sorry i apologize yep. uh then a game against cleveland and really since then one iffy outing against st louis one against the White Sox, but like otherwise, the man just throws up zeros <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, Simber's appeared in 56 games already this year, so basically half of the Blue Jays' games Simber has pitched in. He's kind of yeah. like the, he's he's either like he's one of like the first guys that they go to um, when they need a when they need a kind of an out, basically, <laughs> or a ground yep. ball. He's one of the first guys that, that gets called upon. So. He's a good seventh inning guy, obviously called upon to do a little bit more or get in there a little bit earlier. Zach Pop, yeah. I didn't have a problem with the home run. Obviously, no, it's a tight game. Pitch. You don't want to do that, but he still was able to. There's nobody on, and he was able to rebound, yep. Yeah, he threw seven strikes on ten pitches. Well, obviously, one of those was uh, a dinger. A, ding- <laughs> uh, a dinger, but otherwise... Uh, Yankees went one for eight with runners in scoring position. They just couldn't. Uh, they only got one uh, walk the entire game, struck out 11 times. Um, they Just the fact that we were able to scatter nine Yankees hits. Yeah. Uh, Rizzo and Cabrera were the only two that didn't get a hit in that game. And it sounds worse than it is. Like The game was a little bit closer on paper than it was in reality. The four spot really on Cole. You just love to see it from a yeah. Blue Jays perspective. Love to see anytime you can knock Cole around. It seems like it's getting to be a habit for us. Uh, Simber pick up his ninth win of the year. That's yeah. kind of it's absurd. The same amount of wins as Kevin Gosman. Yeah. Further proof that the <laughs> win absurd. stat means nothing. It does. Um, but it Anthony my Bass. Team and I have Adam Simber in my bullpen. So. There you go. Anthony Bass has 19 holds. That's very impressive, actually, yep. for him to be consistent like that. His whole season, he's ERA is 1.36. There's just when you have standing here, yeah. <laughs> where the improvement in the bullpen, they've really been able to turn things around on the season as a whole. And I still think the best is yet to come from the hitters. I think we're just starting to see this team get out of this absolutely miserable funk they were in at the start of August. Yeah. Uh, they're eight and ten now in August. It's still going to take a while yet to get over five hundred. Obviously, the game today didn't go the way we wanted. Simber <laughs> drawing the loss, which is kind of unfair um, for me to say, but uh, he did give up the two-run bomb from uh, Andrew Benintendi. That's really all all she wrote. It was yeah. a very tight game. Quality start from Manoa. Didn't get enough run support. Uh, he was very I, I thought he was good in this one like, it was better oh, than yeah. he has been um the first couple innings he was a little bit shaky, but I mean, yeah. shaky and also that was when the the defense let him down the first thing there when guriel threw that one away so yeah he um, gave up a couple walks in the same inning and i was like oh here yeah we go, lord here we go those were then... only two in the day though only give up four hits i mean his whip overall in the game was six or it was one sorry because it's one his hits plus his yeah, walks. 61 so. strikes, 43 balls. He battled. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he has no choice, though. you got to go out there, and you can't really... While he definitely threw way more balls than what you would expect from him, um, can't exactly throw strikes to a lot of these guys. Mm. Aaron Judge, again, 0 for 3 with two strikeouts uh, as he kind of continues to have some, some, some struggles. Yeah. yeah, he's only hitting... Uh, 240 in his last 15 games, but he still has a great OPS during that time yep. uh, because three of them are home runs and he's driven in uh, another nine. So, like, Aaron no Judge's in his last seven games, though. So, that's right. Yeah, he's gone ice cold in his last seven games. Uh, certainly, the uh, the Jays know how to pitch to him at this point, and it was yeah, really impressive. Yeah, and Manoa's his daddy, so that's why he had to hit him Oof. once just to let him know. <laughs> all right i didn't want to go there <laughs> um yeah obviously simber uh kind of gave this one away today unfortunately tough uh, tough way to to lose that game obviously you're tied yeah, in the, in the seventh inning your, your team just battled to get a run across in the seventh of course they should have gotten more because they had the bases loaded with one out we already talked about that 
Um, but but I mean that's that's gonna happen. Boba Shred had a couple opposite field hits. Uh, Whit Merrifield hit his first homer as a J. It bounced twice on the top of the fence. The double doink. Over. Yeah, the double doink. He pulled the Kawhi Leonard uh, rim shot. <laughs> I'll never forget that that's, shot. That's, that's a crazy moment. Uh, for me, that's like the biggest moment in uh, Raptors history. Oh yeah, easily. no doubt. Um, just because the the next the next two series were were a little less close, close. yeah. Especially oh, yeah. the finals, but like, oh my god, that the was uh, that shot. was the shot. Um, but now the Jays get to go up the East Coast a bit to play their AL East rivals, Boston Red Sox, Patrick. So from New York to Boston, we get to go from one old friend to another one. <laughs> um, Are they friends? I don't know. <laughs> Would you say that? I'm not sure. Probably not. The friends when they're the Jays are friends with the Boston New York when they're playing each other because no matter who wins, one of the one of them loses. So that's always great. Uh, but this this pitching matchup in this series uh, definitely looking good for the Blue Jays. Uh, Nathan Navaldi is going to go up against Chicken Strip in the first game. That's going to be uh, tomorrow, I believe. There's no off day, is there? Yes, there is. Oh, there There's is an, an off day, day, and then yep. Oh, so it's Tuesday, Sweet. Wednesday, Tuesday Thursday. Yeah. The I believe that means Strips technically gets like an extra extra day. Yeah. Extra day. They will get an extra day because they're going to stay on on turn. Yeah. So seven ten. All these games are seven ten p.m. Eastern time starts. Um. Right. So Nathan Nivaldi takes the ball against Ross Stripling in the first game. Uh, Rich Hill, a.k.a. Dick Mountain, takes the ball <laughs> against Jose Barrios in the uh, second game of the of the series. And then Cutter Crawford goes up against Kevin Gassman in the third game of the series. So definitely uh, advantage Blue Jays in, in terms of the starting pitching on paper matchups. But we always know, and everybody says that anything can happen at Fenway because it's just a weird ballpark stuff happens no lead is ever truly safe there unless it's 28 to 5 but <laughs> ao yay um, the last time kevin gosman pitched at fenway the jays scored 28 runs so let's see if they can do it again that'd be incredible uh but yeah i mean for for, uh, for the jays it's a it's a big series because boston is still only five and a half games back going into tonight's action they could be five games behind toronto so, God forbid Boston were able to pull off a sweep. They would shrink the gap for the Jays to two games um, in the standings, and that would at least get them back into into the race. So, it's 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 a big series. It always is when you go to Fenway. You like to beat up on the Red Sox as much as you can, if possible. So, it'll be I'll be really curious to see uh, how much playing time they give Jackie Bradley Jr. as he goes for, for a revenge game on the team that just DFA'd him. So, that'll be fun to see as well. I yeah, I think it'll depend on whether or not Springer is ready. Yeah, the day off is. I feel like terrific. Georgie will probably uh, DH most of the series again. I still don't know how good yeah. his arm is to throw because it's his, yeah. it is his right arm. So it's the arm he uses to throw that's bothering him that elbow. So it's it's tough. I think we'll see a lot of DH time from him. But I mean, the way he's been hitting since he's been back, like the four games he's played in or whatever it is, it's you got to get him in the lineup if, if he's healthy. So. He's yep. one of the best players on the team. <laughs> good overall, good, like I wouldn't say good, but like decent matchups. Nathan Avaldi is He's not there, having but... is not having a good season against the Toronto Blue Jays, but no. overall he is having a good season. Stripling is having a better season. Uh when you look at the the metrics of the two, while strips may throw a little bit slower than uh the average yep. player, he gets guys to chase because he has a terrific delivery a very deceptive changeup that i'm looking forward to seeing uh he's uh one of the best in the league at limiting hard contact uh the walk rate is uh very strong uh stripling doesn't walk guys uh which is like a, a completely uh significant change in, in yeah. the way that he's played when we first acquired him Ivaldi's the same way too so it's, it's going to be a game where the offenses are going to have to hit their way on they're not going to yeah. get those free passes so it's going to be tough though for the red sox because strips is just so good at getting guys to chase after garbage yeah um because he's just hit he, his delivery is just so deceptive so I'm looking forward to that matchup. I do think the advantage has to go to Stripling because obviously he's rocking the 2.93 ERA, which is 
well below his career average, and uh, he's just had just a t terrific season. Uh, really excited to see him finish off the year with us, and hopefully we get to see him next year too. Um, Rich Hill is not having a great year. He's 42. Obviously, he's lost uh, almost all of his uh, velocity. Yeah. Uh, every single one of his pitches is a below average as far as the league average for velocity. He's got a slider that uh, averages something around 69, 70. Um, a slow cutter. Uh, he's still... Has something of a change up, and then obviously, um, I, uh, slow fastball, or I don't know, I, is it a fastball? Well, it's 88. Yeah, I guess does, that's, I'm being mean. He's got a good curveball. He doesn't get guys to, to chase as often as he used to. Um, he's great at limiting hard contact, uh, and he's pretty good at limiting walks, but he's not really like good at anything anymore <laughs> like he's just kind of a he's he's a body uh he does have 82 innings pitch he's logged a lot of innings uh for boston this year obviously not having chris sale kind of screws them over uh because obviously if chris sale is there i don't think rich hill gets very many starts at all he probably isn't even in boston <laughs> very likely rich hill uh, this could be his last year. He is 42 years old. I don't know if he's going to Jamie Moyer his way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, Jose Barrios coming off the great start. I think uh, I think this is a very interesting matchup where Rich Hill looks like he's uh, primed to be lit up. Uh, but Barrios as well, it depends on which Barrios shows up. Obviously, we're hoping that he'll get his stuff working, and as long as he has fastball command, could be uh, could be a good night for Jose. Could I don't be. think he typically pitches well at Fenway, but who knows? How do you feel about Cutter Crawford versus Kevin Gossman? Yeah, Cutter Crawford, obviously, uh, I think the Jays have seen him once this year, perhaps, if I remember correctly, but he's got a lot of blueberries on his Savant page, Patrick. Um, I'm looking at it right now. He's he, overall he's got a 5.14 ERA on the season. Um, does give up a high exit velo, but not a ton of hard hit contact in terms of percentage. High fastball spin rate, but overall he's middle of the pack for strikeouts, walks, and swing and miss. So I do think that this is definitely the the weakest pitcher for Boston. He's 26, so he's still just kind of coming into the league. Does throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. He throws a four-seamer, a cutter, a curveball, and a changeup, as well as a slider that he'll dabble in as well, too. His main two pitches are the are the four-seamer and the cutter. And then he'll go to the curveball with two strikes. Um, batters do hit his fastball quite well, 306 average against it. Oh, that's... Uh, expected batting average of 250, so he has been the victim of some better ball luck there. Uh, his curveball, his changeup, and his slider, his breaking and off-speed stuff all have batting averages of either 209 or lower. So those are definitely his uh, his swing and miss pitches there. Um, and, and, yeah, his put-away pitches are his cutter and his, his slider for the most part. He'll go to the curveball and the changeup as well. But you won't see him use a ton of four-seamers in 0-2 counts. Um, it does seem to me like this is the guy that, if the Jays are hopefully have won the first two games of the series, they, they can hopefully jump all over this one with Gosman on the mound. Yep. The it's worth noting while Nathan Valdi is, you know, technically he is like a good pitcher. All their pitchers have just struggled so much this year. And I think some of it might come from the fact that they don't get the benefit of <laughs> having Chris sale in the rotation. Right. Uh, and Boston still has a, excellent offense uh that is why they're uh at the record they're at now otherwise they'd probably be like 20 games below 500 mm -hmm. uh they just mm -hmm. have a terrific offense and as long as the boys can go out there and limit hard contact keep that ball in the park i think um this is a great opportunity for the jays to really kind of squish uh squish the Red Sox down in the standings and maybe kind of put their, you know, any, any doubts to rest as to whether or not they 
would belong in the postseason. They referring to the Red Sox. This might be it yeah. for them because if they lose all three, they lose all that ground, and I think they end up they would end up finishing uh, the series below five hundred if we were to sweep them. Like it, it would be a disaster. It would be that would be it for them. I think. Yeah, it's it would put them in a very deep hole, especially if other teams in the race uh, do win <laughs> around them as well. So. Yeah, that's that's the that's the story I think, Patrick. Anything else do you want to you want to add before we wrap this up? We're in a stretch now where they have uh, the 22nd off and then they have nine games in 9 days, three on the road and then uh, six of them at home against the Angels and the Cubs. Uh, and then of course, uh, you'll see a day off in September and then the pirates. And that's when the shit really hits the fan with all, all those <laughs> games against the Orioles, make up games against Rays, make up games against Orioles. And then just a lot of American league East games. Uh, these, yep. I think we've already confirmed. Oh no, they're not the last games against the Red Sox. They're the last games at Fenway for us for the year. Yeah. There's another series at the end of September and beginning of October and, in Toronto. Yep. Now is the time, especially with the Red Sox and the Angels and the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs are actually playing better lately, but they're still, these are all teams that the Jays, this is it. This is the softest part of the schedule. No disrespect intended to any of them, but every other team that we play uh, after the Pirates is American League East or a playoff team. So <laughs> this is it. This, if you if you think there's a soft spot in the schedule, it's, it's got to be this. You got to think uh, this week with uh, six games, seven days, one day off. Everybody's getting that extra day of rest. My expectations are very high for this series against Boston. I think they've got nothing left. And I think the Jays are going to be coming to town pissed off they didn't get the sweep against the Yankees. Do you, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about the team at this point? They're 10 games above 500, as they were two months ago, as they were a month ago, et cetera, et cetera. Do you still believe this team is going to finish the season like 90, 92 wins? Or is it... 90, I don't think it's going to take 90 wins to get the wild card. I think you're going to see wild card being like 87, 88. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think so, too. <laughs> That's basically like how many games they have. Uh, 40, 42 games left. They'd have to win. They'd have to go twenty-five and seventeen to finish at ninety wins, which That's isn't possible. isn't unheard of. So I mean, I think if you I think if you do that, you're guaranteed. I think you can pretty much guarantee a playoff spot. Well, yeah, because almost all those uh, games are against teams that they're competing for for yeah. a wild card yeah. spot. So it's exactly. They really um, got to beat up on the Orioles. They cannot. They cannot afford to lose any more games against them. Yeah. As they're the ones that are chasing. Yeah. Um, there's nothing they can do about their records against Seattle at this point. Nope. Really. They got to win the games against Tampa. And they got to win the games against Baltimore. And you've really got to take advantage of the Pirates and the Cubs. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are two teams that you you have to be above 500 against. You've got to be at least four and two in those six games. Um. Yeah, yeah. and the, I think the Angels even too that are coming to town here this weekend coming up. Uh, you, you've got to win that series as well too because they're also yeah. a bottom feeding team. Even though Mike Trout is back now, so I love Mike Trout. That'll be good for people who are planning on to go to those games. You used to get to see Shohei and and Trout. So two be... weeks from now will be uh, exactly two weeks from today will be. Uh, the, the softest stretch of 12 games that we have left will be very interesting to see how we do in the next 12 games. Anything better than uh, eight and four is excellent. Anything seven and five or worse, I think is just going to make all those games in September, all the makeup games we have to play. There's a double header September 5th. There's a double header September 13th. It's just, mm -hmm. they're just going to make it hard on themselves. So Here's hoping for eight and four in the next twelve to kind of take some of the pressure off. But you gotta win them. You can't just talk about them on paper. You gotta win them. Going to Fenway. We've owned Boston all year, and I don't think it's gonna get any better for the Red Sox. So <laughs> here's hoping for uh, an ass whooping. Yep. 
Uh, but that'll be it for us. So you can check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. You can DM or tweet us anything you want us to talk about. You can listen to the show at our website, bfmdpodcast.com. You can also listen on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to this episode. We do greatly appreciate it. If you love what we do, or if you don't, please leave us a review of five stars or less. For Patrick out in Halifax, Justin here in Saskatoon, we'll see you next time.